Hey, thanks for listening to the Reminders for Living Lucid podcast. So for this episode, I'm bringing on my partner, Kara. We had planned on doing this episode a couple weeks ago, uh, the intention being just a quick 30-minute check-in. We've been planning to do a detox of sorts, essentially a spring cleaning for the internal and external spaces. And so we were going to do a quick check-in on that a couple weeks ago, but that night, the energy just wasn't there. Didn't want to bring subpar energy to the podcast. So thought we would push it off a couple days, and then I ended up getting sick that week. I lost my voice about a week ago. So we finally got a chance to do this a couple days ago. And it ended up being a lot more casual, conversational than the initial intention. So it ended up being about a two hour long conversation. So I've decided to cut it into two parts. This one, um, like I said, it's all centered around us planning this, this detox of sorts. At one point near the end of this part, actually, I mentioned that I had recently had a insight about how, you know, there's there's no option of not playing the game of life and of existence. And not to get too deep into that now, but just to pre-frame this conversation with that context, you know. So the intention of getting into this cleanse and detox, you know, we're really just trying to clear space so that we have the energy to play the game in the ways that we want to, you know, to be focusing on what we do find important, what we feel that we have to share here on earth, you know? And I find personally, especially this past week of, you know, trying to heal from this sickness, whatever it was, I think it was like low-grade laryngitis or something like that. Um, you know, I got, got pretty down, got pretty, you know, distracted from a from a focus and from a mission so that fits perfectly in with you know what i want to be discussing and sharing on this podcast it's just ways that we can re-motivate ourselves refocus our energy so anyway let's get to the conversation with kara what has fasting been like for you today um it was chill because i spread it throughout two days Mm. you know so I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking like today's my fasting day. Right. I need to like gear up or brace mm-hmm. myself. You know? Yeah. It was just I stopped. I had one meal yesterday at like three or three thirty, and then didn't eat again until like two thirty today. Mm-hmm. And um, it was mostly circumstantial because I went to Ryan's. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super intentional, but I guess I just figured, you know, I'm also trying to like if I'm not hungry. Eat because I'm physically hungry, not emotionally hungry or mentally just expecting this it, is the time to eat. Right. You know? Oh, it's dinner time. I guess I should eat. Yeah. Or it's, it's morning. Yeah. It's my thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so literally just having the morning to just hydrate has been nice mm-hmm. for sure. So that's something I probably want to keep doing. But yeah, no, it's been, it was, so it was, yeah. It, it el- eliminated, alleviated, like, that um, mental resistance to it. I mm-hmm. mean, like, this is my fasting day. Like, yeah. Like, I have to go all day. You yeah. Know? To do a 24-hour fast where, like, you still have one meal in the day mm-hmm. is honestly super manageable. Yeah. And beneficial. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, 12 hours is, like, the minimum threshold. Fifteen um, is, like, your intermittent. Yeah. And then 24, that's like a, that's a day fast, you mm-hmm. know. The time we did 36 hours, like, 
I don't even remember what I was feeling, but I remember it didn't feel healthy by the end of it. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, you just get to that, like, shaky point. Was it like that for you, too? I, I remember me being a little bit more... Um, were you talking about the time we did it in Parks Hill or the most no, recent I'm talking time? About 2020. 2020. I honestly don't remember that. Can you, you jog my memory? That? Yeah. It was just at some point during, might have been shortly after lockdown or during lockdown. Yeah. And we just decided, like, we hadn't done any sort of cleanse or detox or anything in years yeah. at that point. Yeah. So we we're like, let's do something. Let's at least do like a fast. Right. So we did. We tried to do a two day fast. And, um, I made it 36 hours, which is the longest I've ever, ever done. Yeah. I think just like, I think it was like a blood sugar thing by that point. Right. I was just like, dude, I don't feel good. Right. Like, I felt good and healthy about doing 24 mm -hmm. hours or whatever. Yeah. But like, and that one was basically same type of, de no, that one we didn't eat at all, obviously, in a day. And then. Did we juice? Usually what we do is juice. Yeah. Did we? I don't. Rem I don't. I really don't, don't remember, remember this at all. Twenty twenty is so hazy. Yeah. Well, it was one of those <laughs> groundhog hog days that we didn't eat. Which yeah. It's pretty different from the rest of those groundhog days. Right. Um. I don't remember. I mean, I think it was like spring or summer of twenty twenty, and yeah, we mm -hmm. just tried to do a couple days and. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we. Ju I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. We usually Maybe do did we juice. Like juice the first day and then didn't juice the second day. I honestly can't remember at all. I don't remember. I, I, I know we definitely did a couple juicing days mm -hmm. in 2020 because I remember watching the OA during that, and that was like what we did to occupy our yeah. attention. We were just like, and we only had like maybe one juice. Yeah, yeah. I d I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the next day, I just remember feeling sick and feeling like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like I said, I think it was like a blood but sugar tanking, thing. yeah. Yeah, and because it was like, usually it's like once you eat after 24-hour, <laughs> Bella's just cracking me up. She's literally resting her head on the fucking <laughs> interface. Uh, like it's a pillow. <laughs> like it's comfortable. Like she's knocked out. Like she's literally dreaming. <laughs> and my voice is influencing her dreams. She's probably dreaming about sleeping on the bed and how comfortable it is. Yeah. <laughs> Like she'll she'll deal with this because that's where we are right now. <laughs> She's a homie. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? Blood sugar. Oh yeah, it was like you know usually after twenty four hours you're relieved to eat. Yeah. After thirty six, it was like almost didn't help. Like it almost made me feel worse. You yeah. know, like almost nauseous mm -hmm. at that point. But anyway, not to dwell on it. Quantum shifting on TikTok, she says, um, when you're doing a, like, she does, I think, monthly 48-hour fasts, and um, she said that when you're starting to feel like that, it's good to take, like, a tablespoon of, like, chia seeds or something and mix mm. it with water when yeah. you're starting to get that really shaky, like, nauseous feeling. That's, that's smart, too, because, yeah, this week, um, I haven't been, like, super rigid about trying to, I mean half the days I didn't really fast at all mm -hmm. but um yeah like even just yesterday like I had some of the um whatever that honey stuff that you bought me for throat coating oh yeah yeah the honey ivy stuff. yeah so that's technically breaking a fast yeah you know right right uh, I mean juicing is technically breaking a fast right. too so um 
yeah, just like no solids and stuff is still mm-hmm. beneficial to let your body like focus more on the other things that it's got to do yeah. in the healing process of being a biological body, mm-hmm. you know, and usually it's so focused on digesting, especially if you're someone like me that eats like every couple hours, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's the essential idea of like why fasting is even, you know, beneficial is to mm-hmm. let your body's energy attend to the other things, you know. Uh, like Ryan was explaining it to me with the anti mucus diet. Um, I can't remember who wrote the book, but he was telling me about this book. Um, maybe I can have him talk about it sometime on the podcast. But, you know, what I got from it was pretty much just like, yeah, you're your natural biological energy is going to be like working on uh, detoxifying yourself in mm-hmm. all different ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, detoxifying through the skin, through the pores and mm-hmm. whatever else. I, I don't know the ins and outs yeah. of it. And the idea is like, yeah, if, if we're constantly having to digest, that takes up energy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such a kind of ass backwards from the way that we've been taught and usually think of what it means to fuel ourselves. We think that we eat to fuel ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And he was saying that it's not actually food that fuels the body. Food is nutrients. The nutrients are the, the components that we need to rebuild our cells, to rebuild our muscles, you know, obviously like protein, or the muscle building, mm-hmm. whatever else the rest of it does. I mean, again, I don't know the ins and outs, but, you know, the idea of being that, like, it's actually just oxygen that's our immediate fuel, mm-hmm. you know. You don't have gasoline in the tank in your car. It's not going to run. Right. You know, if you don't eat for a while, you're still going to run. If you don't breathe for, yeah, you can maybe hold your breath for a minute, maybe two. There's people that can hold it for. Have you heard of that tribe? I can't remember where they live, but like they're fisher, they're, they're fishers, and they can hold their breath for up to like 15 to 20 minutes to go down really? and like fish and stuff. Just, That's pretty wild. It is. Do you think that was like a natural gift, or do you think it was something they had to practice a skill to like get up to that? I think it probably evolutionary, you know, yeah. kind of thing. You know, the people you who can hold their they breath. Had to work on? I'm sure it's something they had to work throughout on absolutely throughout generations, yeah. you know, and you know, but people. not an individual. Yeah, I am sure it is a little bit of a training kind of thing yeah. still, but I do think that it's evolutionary too. Yeah, yeah I mean, of course, there's going to be outliers and the Guinness freaks and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> point still stands, you know. Uh, we we need to breathe every single day, yeah. every hour. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that way, every hour. <laughs> And, like, um, breathe consciously, like, remembering that it, like, actually feels good to breathe, not just, like, taking these shallow breaths that we just take to stay alive. Yeah. Well, that's bringing conscious awareness into the subconscious activity because we can survive in shallow ways for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that live unhealthily or just um, unconsciously for a long, long time, you know? Mm-hmm. these days yeah to your point like when we recognize oh wow this is really what fuels my spirit you know then mm-hmm. we can take that into our own hands and bring consciousness 
which is to say like our personal awareness, you know, mm-hmm. bring our personal attention into that fact. And then it becomes spiritual practice, you know, personal practice. Because, yeah, I mean, what feels better than, like, especially sitting out in the sun, you're getting that, like, vitamin D. Was that just yesterday? No, it was two days ago. Yeah. It was so nice out. I know. I was so crabby yesterday. I was just, yeah, I mean, like, it was for weeks, but hard yeah. to get through the day yesterday. It was, it was just so disheartening. So, yeah. You know, 80 degrees and sunny one day and then cold and icky and dreary the next day and like getting up and working in the wet cold it was just it made me so sad yeah i don't i mean do you think that's what got me sick was just the weather changing and stuff like that i just don't know i mean just don't know i don't know i'm i'm sure it didn't help yeah but i I'm sure you pick something up somewhere. It you know, wasn't that a, much of a drastic weather thing before, like no. yesterday. Like it yeah. was kind of gradually just. It was warm for a little bit, and then it got yeah, kind of not cold, but right. I back think to it, where it was. You had a little bit of a cold, and then like also like we've got like twelve pear trees on the street here, and just like stuff is starting to pollinate, and you know, allergies, and, yeah. you know, I think that that just irritates it. And you, you have seasonal allergies. It's just such a crazy time to feel things in a body, you know, <laughs> like you have a sore throat or something. And you're like, oh man, am I going to kill someone's grandma? Yeah. You know, it's just right. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the memes, like especially the Spider-Man one where it's like Spider-Man. Oh, shooting. right. He's like, Seasonal allergies, COVID, just hit the bong too hard, like, you know, <laughs> right. coughing, whatever. It's just like, yeah, allergies, fucking laryngitis. Like, I mean, honestly, that's what it sounds the most like. Right, you know? when I looked and I, it up and saw how common, common it is, yeah. you know, people just, oh, I have a cold. Yeah, you know? I always thought that was like, and that was based on um, the Brady Bunch. There was a Christmas, <laughs> there was a Christmas special, the Brady Bunch, where uh, Mrs. Brady is um gonna sing in the choir or whatever mm-hmm. at church <laughs> and she loses her voice like the night before whatever. Oh, no. she has laryngitis yeah oh. and uh she's just like eat ice cream and stuff i feel like that's probably the worst thing you can do that's still i mean that's you know? still a kind of common thing that like an old school yeah like, like if you have your tonsils out or something yeah. or like your um Wisdom teeth. It's like you go and get ice cream get afterwards. Get a shake or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, popsicle would probably be good, but like yeah, all that like dairy, fruit, probably not. <laughs> the dairy and the sugar, yeah. 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 Right, yeah. I was thinking the sugar, right. right, the dairy. But the dairy, all like, that mucus. Uh, in the yeah. throat and stuff, I feel like that's probably not good. Yeah. Who knows, man? That's the thing. That is the thing is that like as much as people think they know, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to food – and, and health mm-hmm. stuff in general. Yeah. Like, I'm not here to preach. Like, I I don't even really want to be preached at anymore. Like, I just need to listen to my body. And yeah. I think that's what we all need to do is just, like, mm-hmm. stop looking to the internet or your, or even your doctors necessarily. I mean, whatever. Whatever. Uh, you know, stop looking to the internet to tell you what's right for you. Yeah. When it comes to what to eat, how to... How to be. I mean, obviously, there's good um, examples. Right. Like, I mean, that TikTok he sent me yesterday, that was pretty, you know, illuminating, you know, when he was talking about mm-hmm. 
um, the guy that was saying that he tried all those like fad diet kind of things, like oh, yeah. um, and you know, just yeah. that the more indigenous ways of eating have been the best for his body kind of thing. Yeah, he was saying that he tried veganism and stuff like that. Raw vegan and you know, raw and yeah. um, paleo. I think he said paleo yeah. too. I think that's essentially the same as raw. I'm not up to speed on all the different. Um, no, Paleo's you cook like, in paleo. Oh, paleo you do? is like um, just like, like stuff like, that would have been it's like the around in like probably prehistoric yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but not raw. But not raw. Yeah. So anyway, his thing was that like eating meat is actually yeah what's best for him, you mm-hmm. know. And basically, that it's not just about like eliminating meat or animal products, but eliminating just processed food. I mean, I've been vegetarian for. I haven't been counting, but years. Yeah. At least five years. The whole time we've been together, so at least six years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Going on seven or whatever. So, um, you know, I haven't been eating meat. And I really haven't really looked back either. Mm-hmm. I feel like for my body type, for my personal relationship yeah. with myself and the earth, like I don't actually feel like I need to eat meat. I mean, I eat like a little bit of fish here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'd probably be just as fine to eat some fish oil supplements or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, that's probably all I'm really getting from fish is, like, the omega-3s and stuff. My point was just, like, the processed food. I still eat processed food. Like, I, it's kind of kidding myself to think that, oh, yeah, eating all these crackers and cheese or whatever, yeah. that, that's, like, healthy or whatever, but go ahead. Well, that's the point I was going to make. You know, processed food isn't necessarily bad for you. I mean, pretty much all of our food has to go through a process to be eaten. That's what processed is. But when we say processed food, like, the connotation of that is, like, junk food. Yeah. Things that, you know, have been processed beyond recognition kind of thing that has so many ingredients in it that we don't know what it is. Like, that's what processed food is connotatively. Yeah. Um, But processed, and all of our food goes through a process to eat. You know, I mean, except for like raw vegetables and stuff. Sure, I except mean, for I, yeah, but like the you grocery know. store. I mean, if you want to consider like transportation process, yeah. which I don't think you really should, but there's an energetic process mm-hmm. happening. It's not having a garden and being the sentient being to pull it out of the mm-hmm. ground to grow it, it and then pull it out of the ground. It, yeah. And yeah, I feel like but, local is really the way that I would like to move towards. You know? I think it's what we're we're, we're all going to need to yeah. move towards sooner than later. So Right. You um, know, you eat food like if you eat meat, you know, probably going to feel better and taste better to get your meat from a local farm, you know, or, you know, we're super lucky that we have Finley Market here, you know, that yeah. there's a lot of local places that, you know, are within a, you know, 50-mile radius of the city. Mhm. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, what's going to motivate people to eliminate the convenience of the supermarket, you know, and actually, yeah. and then can local meet the demands if we put all of that pressure? And that's part of the argument of veganism. Not that I've spent too much time um, in that argument, mm-hmm. but I understand that, like, um, part of the argument is that man i really spaced 
Well, are you talking about like all the like resources like that it takes? I was that I was just like <laughs> gathering my thoughts, but like it really escaped Eric me. Just laughed. Some vegan spirit was like, "Don't speak for us." <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, whatever. But you Were know, you getting at the resources thing, you know, what? like just that, like that. Yes, veganism isn't like necessarily to... as harmonious for the earth as is the intentions of being. No, that's not what I was no? going to say. Oh, I was okay. going to say that um, eating meat requires so many resources. Yeah, like the water, the land, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And basically, the thought that I was really trying to get at. Is that like even like a paleo type of like going back to our roots, our mm-hmm. biological roots of what we would have had accessible to nourish ourselves with mm-hmm. as a um, indigenous or um, whatever. Hunter-gatherers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like almost our animalistic phase mm-hmm. of being – humans on earth because of course we're still animals but we're also this weird hybrid at this point we're not i mean you could say that our concrete jungle is akin to like a beehive you know they created that's their technology Mm -hmm. you know you Mm -hmm. could say that um but anyway reeling it back (laughs) um reeling it back to what (laughs) i'm ready for bed man uh um, really though, what was I talking about? You were talking about like the resources that it takes to like yeah. raise meat and to transport it across the country if it even comes from this country. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. This is the second – someone doesn't want me to say this or something. Um, the, that in that like natural – in our natural environment, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had as much access to the plethora – of meat options yeah. and eating meat multiple times a day, right. all that sort of thing. Right. That's what I was trying to get at. Right. Okay. So it's like, so for people that are used to that mm-hmm. as a lifestyle, yeah. you know, what's going to motivate a change? Right. And unfortunately, a lot of times it ends up manifesting as lack of access. You know, we're having supply chain issues mm-hmm. at the moment. Again, I haven't been shining my attention on that too, too much, but I hear that that's a thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's like, at any point, it's just, God, what's that quote from Waking Life, you know? It's like, what's what's really going to, what's the true detriment of man? Is it laziness or fear, mm-hmm. you know, fear or laziness? Yeah. Like, we could, we could actually use fear to motivate us in positive ways. Yeah. If we fear that catastrophe... You know, we could start doing things differently now yeah. while we still have the option and flexibility to move in a different way mm-hmm. rather yeah. than having it thrust upon us right. through, the, through our laziness, mm-hmm. having the earth show us what's up, you yeah. know, because, you know, if you're still in the delusion that like we're in flight as a species, you know, as a not even as a species and as a species, we are in flight. As a economy, if you still feel like we're in flight and not in a free fall. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear that, like, there is – I don't really like using the word collapse, but definitely a shift. Yeah. A necessary It's definitely shift. a transition. Yeah. hmm Yeah. And I think some people are going to feel it more acutely than others. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, reeling it back a little bit further was me getting to the point that like, ultimately when it comes to what is healthy for a human, like we, we need to listen to our own personal needs mm-hmm. and that's going to be different. I mean, you were vegetarian for most of our relationship and that shifted. So like, yeah. do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, like sure. what inspired that and how that's changed your feelings? Um, Has it made much of a internal shift as far as energy levels and stuff like that? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I never really liked meat much and, but you know, Same. living with, you know, my parents, like, Oh, you eat what's served kind of thing. And, you know, you learn to like it, you know, um, but that was how it was for my sister. Yeah. Yeah. I know Shannon was the Mm -hmm. same way. Um, like as a child, like I really felt like her, you know, when, when her and Jacob were kids, like, I feel like I picked up on a couple things, like just as a child, basically mm -hmm. just witnessing them. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was the first one to notice that Jacob was left-handed. Yeah, and that's Shannon, right. I always thought that she was going to be a vegetarian. Yeah, I was like, this chick does not want to eat meat. Yeah, but well, again, that's... it was just like we eat meat. Yeah, that's what you do in this country. Eat, eat right. your meat. How are you going to have your pudding <laughs> if you don't eat your meat? That's something my mom wrote in my baby book. Like uh, my, you know, my mom gave me all that stuff from that she kept and recorded things in as I grew up. And that's something like, like one to two, she wrote like, does not like meat. Yeah. I just, I refuse to eat it for the most part. And I remember not liking it. Like even up until like my childhood, like nine, 10, like, or like pleading with my parents, like, please do not make me eat this. You know, and I learned to like chicken. I learned to like Turkey, you know, like the white meats, the, yeah. more tender things i i could get my head around that right. but like beef and i i never ate pork right. i didn't i didn't like pork i never liked ham like i i just ugh. bacon sure i could eat it, it was crispy if, if something was crispy i could eat yeah, it don't pretend you don't like bacon yeah i mean but i never i was never like oh bacon's the best food you know you hear yeah. you know some people are like i could never be vegetarian because of bacon mm-hmm. i mean I like bacon. I like salty, crispy things. Yeah, sure, and you found but, workarounds. And I found workarounds that I honestly like better. Like the bacon that we make, I prefer that over bacon. Really? Yeah. I mean, really? it's got different flavors to it, and it's just as crispy and you know crunchy, and that's I, that's yeah. what I really liked out of bacon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... So anyway, you so were vegetarian I, for a while. So I was vegetarian for about five years. And then I just felt my body craving. Like, I, I couldn't get chicken out of my head. Like, yeah, I just, I, I wanted it so badly. Were you dreaming about it? I don't were know like, that I was dreaming. Like I was definitely daydreaming about it. That just like, you know how in The Sims, <laughs> just like, <laughs> right? be, imagine like one, like a chicken sandwich. <laughs> right. And that's the need that you have to get. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, your bar's not going to fill chicken. up as fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, chicken leg yeah no it was like that all the time and like really i think being around like honestly being at aladdin's was a big part of it yeah, like true. being around like really good chicken that smelled good Associated all of the time yeah and, and like i always was looking i was like man i'd really like to eat that like that looks good that looks like yeah. that'd be good for me yeah. and like i definitely wasn't eating enough protein and i mean 
I like beans, but like beans as my main source of protein, I feel like that was hard. It's hard because they're really not that high in protein. Either. And they're not that high in protein. Yeah. Like and I've had lot. this like thing in my head, you know, it's the hypothyroid thing, like and not and I heard one time that soy isn't good because it like helps counteracts with the absorption of the hormones and mm. like oh i shouldn't be eating soy so like tofu is kind of out the window tempeh is out the window there's so much like i mean soy is such a big source of protein for vegetarians yeah, it is. and so i'm <clears throat> you know trying not to do too much of that and like yeah for the alternative meats a lot of them are soy based yeah and the alter alternative meats are like i mean those are <laughs> so highly processed too oh, yeah, you know sure. and that, like yeah, all the salt and stuff that's in it and a lot yeah. of that stuff has sugar in it like probably it's just i mean that doesn't really feel and all the like, stuff that you just don't even you don't even know like impossible right. what are they called impossible burgers yeah and that's, I mean, that's basically just a lab creation protein yeah but like how do they make yeah. it get like that yeah. you know yeah. but it's also kind of amazing that they can do that you're right you know like i, I do admit that i have a natural skepticism to that sort of thing mm -hmm. i mean you know me i yeah. always am gonna trust something that's natural versus something right. in the lab but i've also opened my mind a yeah. little bit when it comes to that i do recognize that that's a bias and not mm -hmm. necessarily rooted in yeah absolute truth right it's just a it's a preference for I trust the earth. You know, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily trust man. All the the time. manipulation Hugh, man. of it. Yeah. You right. know, it's very yeah, highly yeah, manipulated. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if it's done with the right intention yeah. and with the right um, formula. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I just think about it in terms of alchemy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, chemistry is, it is modern alchemy, you know? So I think that there are. I mean, there's synthesized things that, you know, mm -hmm. are in all sorts of things that we ingest, you know, food yeah. and otherwise that, you know, yeah. am I going to say that they're all bad? Like, it's just one of those things, you know, we're, we're in the fish tank, mm -hmm. you know, we're in the fish tank of being, for better or worse, we are um, biologically hybrid, hybriding. Mm -hmm. there's got to be a smart way of saying this that i have no access to right now you know but we we live in this this hybrid of natural biology and synthesized chemistry i mean there's mm -hmm. microplastics in our bloodstream yeah you know absolutely i saw a study the other day that was like 80 percent of the people that they tested had microplastics in their bloodstream it's just like mm. you know and at first you're like oh that sounds pretty messed up that doesn't sound good you know but then you're like I seem fine, but then I'm like, am I? Am I fine though? Like, maybe I would be thriving if a bunch of factors were different, yeah. including environmental factors. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I doing with myself? Am I staying in this cage mm -hmm. all day long? Yeah, I get fucking depressed when I'm inside all day long. Yeah, especially if I'm not grounded into a mission. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's so many factors into mental and emotional and physical health. Right. Know? And then getting on the – so that's like environmental, like very big scale. What am I doing, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's just like what's what's doing in my body? What's happening in my body? Yeah. You know, the, the chemistry, the biology. What am I – what have I eaten? Right. You are what you eat. I used to think mm -hmm. that was a stupid nonsensical phrase, but it's literal. Yeah. It's literal. You know, like I said, food isn't necessarily the fuel for the body, but we literally replicate 
our body based on the compounds that we're giving it, mm-hmm. you know? So if I'm eating cheese Macs, is that what they're called? Cheese Macs? Cheese Macs? Mac and cheese? <laughs> I was thinking Big Mac. Oh. <laughs> a double cheese Mac yeah. coming your way. You know, if you're eating that shit like yeah. five days a week for seven years, your body is a completely, it's made of all new cells every seven years, right? right? So like you're like a Big Mac machine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that sounds judgy, but I'm just I'm painting a picture. You right. Know? I'm not trying to be judgy, but you know, so yeah. it's like there's so many factors. So it's hard to say. You know, we're such adaptive creatures that like mm-hmm. yeah, we can with um, withhold, we can endure trying circumstances. But yeah, yeah, we probably shouldn't have plastic in our bloodstream. Probably you know, we probably not. shouldn't have plastic in the ocean or in the air. Mm-hmm. Or really, maybe even at all. Yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah, radical. I know. But um, I think I think there's ways around it. I think there's ways around it, and there's also interesting ways that it's being used, though, too. You know, like for mm. uh, just the the ingenious ways that people are figuring out how to get rid of the plastic waste that we have. Sure, you I mean, know, I and like that. you know, like paving or uh, you know, filling in potholes. You know, it's like my mom and I were just talking about this the other day, just like how much resources we put into fixing the roads, because especially around here, you know, in Ohio, we put so much salt on our roads in the winter and like that just deteriorates them. And like they are constantly getting potholes and filling in potholes, you know, a couple months a couple months goes by and they're doing it again. Right. And, you know, people are using plastic, melting down plastic and filling in the potholes that way. Because, like, I mean, we need roads. In this day and age, we need roads. And that's something that could um, fix them for longer times. And, like, people using them to make bricks and build houses and structures and things, like, for things that are going to last through weather and you know, hurricanes, stuff like that. Like, it's, it's interesting the way that people are using it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I could turn back time, yeah, maybe I would try to encourage humanity to go a different route, but we have tons and tons of plastic on yeah. the earth right now. Right. So we need to and do it's something not going with anywhere. it. Yeah. Yeah. Until, you know, we can cultivate mushrooms that can completely devour mm-hmm. it. But like, right. man, what would those, how big would those mushrooms and end up also, if they're eating yeah. all the plastic? Like that's going to have to like, be like, What our... happens to those mushrooms? Are those able to decompose? Like, or do they become plastic mushrooms? And those are just going to be right. like new structures that we hang out We're going to have to have like, they're, they're, the pets will be dogs, cats, fish, and plastic eating <laughs> mushrooms that probably have legs at this point and might be bigger than our houses. Yeah. You know, right. there's a lot of plastic. There's in the a world, lot of plastic and they're making even more. That's what, yeah, that's the part that grinds my yeah. gears. But um, on the mushroom topic, on the plastic eating, I, I say that to say that I trust the earth to find solutions. And I think right. that that's an unfortunate part of a lot of um you know leftist environmentalist type of conversations Mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of doomsday energy in that which is understandable don't get me wrong um but i also feel that that is part of the negativity that's keeping us from moving forward on 
mm-hmm. being the solutions yeah. is putting this pressure of like, oh my God, we have to save the world like yesterday. Right. You know, and that that level of pressure and anxiety that comes with that is depressing mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming. Yeah. And I think it deters a lot of people from getting involved. I 100% agree. But I do feel hopeful of, you know, a couple of things that we've watched recently, you know, like Fantastic Fungi, that had a really great hopeful message to it that, you know, there are mm, ways true. out of this. And um, what was that? Yeah, that's part of the reason why I bring up mushrooms. But I also had heard of something before even watching mm-hmm. that documentary. I remember seeing that there was like a some some evidence. But I don't remember the specifics, but there mm-hmm. was some evidence of like petroleum eating fungi. Yeah. It wasn't a mushroom necessarily because yeah, of course the fungi like right. is the mycelium right and right right the, the mushroom is the budding mm-hmm. the fruit body of that and i don't think it got to that something point. that can break it but down. there was something yeah. yeah and i feel like if we invest in that you know yeah. invest in the solutions rather than investing in you know how much more plastic can we right. make because that's the other thing not to cut you off i hope you haven't forgot your thought no i haven't but um i actually remembered it because i had forgotten when i was talking so okay. go on <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome um but now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm so sorry. why don't you just go ahead? <laughs> I was just gonna say the um the hopefulness of um that other I think it was a podcast or it was a video. I think maybe Selena sent it to you. The um, the, one I was talking about the organic Monsanto. Yeah, on the yeah. Lo- yeah, when we were with Lucinda, you were talking about yeah. that too. You yeah, know, the um I don't remember where I came across that, but go on. It was it, Selena, it was Selena okay. yeah. We listened to it. She sent it to you. Um, That's right. You know, the whole Monsanto could be bankrupt if 14% of the population or something like that bought organic. Yeah. And it's at, what, like 5 or 6% now, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But it, you know, that's not a hard number to get to. It's not a like, large number. It's not. It's not even a quarter of the population. No. And, you know, I, I think uh, it's moving and it, it's going to take um, education. Because, you know, when you were working at the farmer's market, you know, I just I remember you telling me about that guy who wouldn't eat the carrot because it was organic. And they said it wasn't going to taste good. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. I wish you would have just set me up to tell the story. <laughs> okay, you can edit that part out. <laughs> set up. I'm go. not going to, but... <laughs> it was... Um, yes, I was working... At the farmer's market, but that was the other job that I did at the Brighton Center. I was just helping someone at the food pantry. Oh, okay. And I had brought in some organic food from Kroger and stuff. I would pick up donations for people that don't know. I would drive the Brighton Center truck, which is a nonprofit in northern Kentucky. I'll drive the truck to various grocery stores and pick up what mm-hmm. they were going to throw away. Like, this stuff was on its way to the trash, and it's just crazy. Yeah, that's the other oh, part yeah. of this. The other component is how much waste. Mm-hmm. You know, not just plastic, but like resources. Yeah. Food. Oh yeah. Food. You know, because we have to have those shelves stocked fully because it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Because it looks proper. Yeah. You don't want to be coming in here looking all tacky on those shelves and shit. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, there were some organic baby carrots in the in the fridge, and I'm helping this person through. And I opened the fridge and was like, is there anything in here that you'd like? And they're like, ooh, carrots. They pick them up and they're like, oh, organic? <laughs> and they put them back. And I just was mind blown. Yeah. I, I wanted to say something snippy and luckily held my tongue. But I was just like, 
do you think they're low fat? Like, what do you think <laughs> organic means? You know? Yeah. And like with bypassing the judgment, like it's like your point. Yeah. It is an education thing. Yeah. You know, and people just literally don't know. It's associations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows what's feeding that? Right. Those associations. Right. You know, if if that stuff is being um, belittled on media outlets, you know, that are yeah funded by you know vested entities like right. Monsanto or whatever right. else, you know, that have vested interest in pesticide-laden food, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy that we have to label food that was grown without pesticides as organic. Yeah. And then everything else is traditional food, which is just asked backwards mm-hmm. in, in fact of the yeah. matter. Traditional would obviously be not using manual right. chemicals, you know, so it's like poison-laden food is the is the traditional, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, that sounds dramatic because it fucking is. Yeah. Like- and again, you can make the argument, oh, you know, who knows? Pesticides might not do us any any harm. Well, well, I don't know. If that's true, yeah. then why are they wearing hazmat suits when they apply it? And mm-hmm. how is it doing its job of deterring other living beings from enjoying the plant if it's not harming them? Right. You know, and look at all the unexplained cancers and stuff that have cropped up in only the last hundred years. Yeah. So just, you know, give or take. That we know of, sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. You know, um, but I think it's also interesting to point out that like organic is an industry in itself, yeah, I know. you know, that you I have know. to pay so much to be certified USDA organic. And a lot of it's and probably a lot of, bullshit. And a lot of that is probably bullshit. And, you know, like who want, like, I wonder how much you could pay to just get that label. Yeah. And so like a lot of like local smaller farmers can't get that label because they can't pay for that or it's you know it's just not worth it for them to pay it even if it is actually being grown using organic um practices it's just such an easy example to explain the uh what i think is a pretty explicit reality of the under the the shadow of capitalism you know Mm -hmm. for people that don't get that like literal local farmers who are doing the basic labor that a human does to supply for their family, mm-hmm. you know, is to grow food. Yeah. Right? That's why we we sell our time for dollars so that we can buy food for yeah. ourselves and our family, mm-hmm. right? So the people that are just doing that directly, you know, and not using chemicals, mm-hmm. they have to pay a certain whatever it is, go through all this red tape, this bureaucracy – and the, the dollar bills that are assigned in that process, mm-hmm. I don't know the specifics. You probably know more about it than I, I do. I don't know much. But to your point, I'm, there's there's a fee. Y- there is, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, when I was like, looking into like local foods and stuff, you know, because I mean, it's hard to kind of, it's kind of hard to find a certified organic local farm because yeah. they're not going to pay for that yeah. label. So if they want to, if they want to participate in the free market, Mm-hmm. which is what so many people champion themselves. That's the beauty of capitalism is the free market. If you want to get out there and make your business and supply for your family, you have the ability to do that. Yeah, that's true. But if you have the access and privilege to be able to jump all the ropes that are set out before you, mm-hmm. you know, they don't make it easy. And those, the, they're, they're, those are gatekeeping 
mechanisms to keep the monopolies as big as they are. Absolutely. And anyone that denies that, I just, I would love to hear why that is, you know, and mm-hmm. what you're defending yeah. and how you are personally benefiting from it because there are those who do personally benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And that's why those systems are in place. Yeah. And it's an ugly reality. And I think if we collectively decide, if enough people say enough is enough mm-hmm. and just create something that makes that obsolete, yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. don't, we're, we're investing in this. We are all to blame. Absolutely. Yeah. We pay the money. We go to the grocery stores and, and we, we pay our taxes. Pay our taxes. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're funding the we're biggest cog military. We're in the machine. The, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, maybe not necessarily to our own choosing. Right. You know, you're popped into the game and right. you got to play. We're living in this world. That was something that I thought of earlier today. I was just like, you know, there's no option to not play the game. And part of me hates to hear that, but the other part of me is like, yeah, you're right. Let's just fucking play to win. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I was that dude. And grade school gym class. I did not want to play the games. I didn't want to play the you games know, I'd either. Rather <laughs> I'd rather run laps. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to run laps. <laughs> what? No, I'll play the game. Shit, no, my bad. My gym teacher would let us run laps instead of playing the really? game, and I would run the laps well, rather than play the game. Because I had like asthma. And shit, yeah, so. true. Lazy shit boy <laughs> excuse. Your little asthma. My sports-induced asthma. Yeah, did you get a <laughs> consolation trophy for your asthma? <laughs> yeah, but you anyway, know, when you say you know, play the game, you know, that always makes me think of Alan Watts, you know. He you know, talks about, you know, you, you play the game. And we could look at that as a fun thing, I, you I know. Am. it's yeah. It could be fun. Mm-hmm. And we can we can find it funny that the, these are the rules. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, it is ridiculous, and it, it yeah, and you zoom out far enough, and it does become mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, for fucking sure. I mean, these, right. these smartass apes made such a mess. I know, it's such a mess. Man, those it's angels so on the convoluted. sidelines are just laughing. <laughs> you think they're terrified? You think that that's what that's what grinds that boils my blood about the star seed like new age stuff. It's just yeah. like you think you came here to like save humanity and stuff like. Dude, it's not that serious. Like, okay, so that that's kind of that's kind of weighted. So I'll I'll backpedal a little bit. Like, it comes down to the function of belief. Can we pause for like one second? Yeah. Okay, I'm popping in here in post to uh, pre-frame what I'm about to say in an attempt to not ruffle too many feathers. Um, I truly believe that we as humans have the ability to program our our minds and our experience with any sort of belief and what really matters in the in the material world is how that expresses itself through action um so whether you believe in a galactic federation or in following certain scripture if if whatever it is that you're taking inspiration from is propelling you to do positive service for your community that's great you know i think that's what it's all about especially and here's the sort of nuanced difference is when it is coming from a place of love and and trust in that ultimate 
being, that connectedness that we are all sprouts from, whether you call that the universe or something else, um, rather than it being out of a more desperate energy, out of a fear, a fear of being punished, of not ending up where we want to end up, um, fear of, of losing something, of um, just that desperate energy, I feel like that that has a, a subtle effect in the actions that we take. So I really feel that when it comes from that true, authentic, altruistic place of love, out of recognition of the connection between my ego and other egos, my separate self and the connected community, then that's really what it's all about. So any any path to get to that energy and that stance is... Um, you know, is is totally valid, and I'm definitely not here to to squash anyone's belief systems. I'm just really taking a uh, a playful um, poke at it in this conversation a little bit. But anyway, back to my original ramblings. But no, I mean, I I don't honestly have any qualms with it. It's just you know, it's another story, and yeah. at some point in the podcast, I'll through conversation, you know, get a little deeper into my perspective on what it means to have beliefs and to mm -hmm. operate within belief systems it's not really the scope of this conversation so i'm not going to get too deep into it but um you know it's a story it's a story just like any religion or any mythology or life philosophy you know they're the stories that we ground ourselves into and the lens through which we mm -hmm. choose to see this this cosmic joke you know through a lens that that either propels Chill, babe. She'll come up if she wants to. Staring at me. <laughs> That's what she likes to do. Um, so it really boils down to like the function of belief. You know, what mm -hmm. does our belief propel us to act? And yeah. And I will be the first to admit that that's been the shadow of my own, like almost dangerously open mind. You know, is that to me all things go any story can go within the infinite right mm -hmm. and it's all okay like any option is okay as far as how to live on earth like i don't put a lot of seriousness or importance into you know the duality of being a being on earth mm -hmm. you know we're here to experience you know and like you said you could put it in the story that it's a game we're here to play yeah you know a lot of people especially like new agers type of spiritual-ish, the spiritual-ish religion is... Um, spiritual-ish podcast title, I call it. That was what uh, Jesse Reed said that soberish should have been called. Oh, that's funny. It, it was like a recovery podcast for like four episodes and then <laughs> became spiritual-ish. But um, uh, I was going to say that a lot of the spiritual-ish people believe that like we come here to like evolve our souls and to learn lessons and like yeah. that it, uh, it's like a school mm -hmm. okay so like that doesn't really vibe with me either yeah. like it does like i think there's truth to it i think there's you know it's the yin yang thing like there's there's a seed of truth in every single metaphor yeah but they're all metaphors mm -hmm. that's the thing it's right. like and that's that's what kind of turns me off about a lot of like religion and just like overly finite worldviews is that you're condensing the infinite and the mystery mm -hmm. into 
a reduced lens. And I just, that's just not how infinity works. Yeah. If you ask me. Again, right. I'm not, it's not judgment. Like we have, no. we have to do that. Our brains are doing that all the time. Yeah. You're not a Kara ego in this body the way I'm seeing it. You're mm-hmm. experiencing your body completely different than yeah. I'm perceiving it. Right. This, you know, is this just a leaf? No, it's breathing. Mm-hmm. There's chemicals and energy that I cannot see, but my perceptions have to condense the infinite into yeah. a finite form so that I can experience it right. and perceive it. Just like we can't see our nose. Right. Like it's there. Yeah. We just don't perceive it. It's there. <laughs> you know, or just like how we can't see our shedding skin. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking more microscopic, you know, right. but, you're, but your point stands, you know, mm-hmm. and like to perceive anything. This was from a Thich Nhat Hanh book. Uh, I can't remember which one. It's been years since I've read any of his stuff. So it's pretty cool that he picked up that one from the library. Mm-hmm. Um it was that to perceive anything is to be deceived as well. Mm. I don't remember the exact quote because mm-hmm. I feel like that doesn't truly say it, but like elaborated on like if I see my hand, I'm deceiving, which is to say I'm not perceiving the back of my hand. Right. You know, so I'm being deceived by perceiving anything. Right. And dude, I fucking love that shit. Yeah. You know, like that non-duality stuff. That's mm-hmm. where the gold is yeah that's where the truth is and like marrying polar opposites the dualities you know Mm -hmm. but most religion is all about the good stuff right and and condemning the bad stuff yeah and it's just like that doesn't make me feel good right it doesn't make me feel whole or integrated Mm -hmm. or motivated right and if that makes anyone feel motivated integrated or whole Drink that tea. Yeah. That's your tea. That's not my tea. It's right. okay. You know? Right. I was kind of thinking, you know, like... The function. When, yeah. The function. When you were talking about, like, the metaphors and how... But, like, it could resonate for a season kind of thing. That's You it. know? Yeah. Like, yeah, this resonates right. for now. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about, like, what kind of experience you're in. Because, you know, like, the whole... The metaphor of, like, a school that could resonate for a season of your life. Mm-hmm. We're not meant to be in school all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, or so, we? or are yeah. we? Maybe, but maybe not. That's the question. We take summer breaks, you know, you know, yeah. you can't be growing all the time. You have to rest too. Yes, exactly. And you got to play too. Yeah. And you have to play. Especially in a society that kind of robs children of their childhood, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, gosh, we can save that for another yeah. discussion, but. Right. Yeah. Probably have Lucas on for that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, or my dad. Or, yeah. That would be a fun conversation to have with him. For yeah. Real. Oh, that's you know, a great that's, idea. That's worked in the school system. Mm-hmm. And he's not a teacher anymore, but he's still in the school system. And right. He's a very playful energy, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a very playful spirit. He does. Like, I feel like that's when he's on fire. It's when he's in his childhood, like, you know. Yeah. Um, essence. Right. You know? I feel like that's that's probably yeah. true of all of us. It's just that so many oh, people right. stuff it so far down. Right. It's like, you Especially know. Especially if you're being perceived by other adults, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be seen as childish. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We could go off on that. Mm-hmm. But um, to reel it back, yeah. So it's like, you know, any belief is fine. I just It's really about how it propels action. And I'm finally realizing that, you know, because yeah. I've. I've hidden in, you know, spiritual bypass-ism mm-hmm. for a long time. 
and you know that's fine that was my season i needed that yeah i needed to detach from the weight of the world for a while to yeah. ground myself and have i done that fully no i haven't mm-hmm. but you know i'm recognizing and that's why it's helpful to have these conversations to yeah. process stuff mm-hmm. because you know i mean it's been hard i mean it's been pretty crappy a couple weeks for real yeah all right, somewhat awkward place to cut the episode, but after that we get into, you know, what are we going to do with that stagnant energy and talking about, again, getting into the cleanse, decluttering of the inner and outer spaces, stuff like that. So I'm going to save that for next week. If you want to hear the rest of this story, uh, definitely tune in. And um, I just want to wrap up this by, you know, acknowledging that that stagnation you know that's that's definitely been real for me and it's true the last couple weeks the last couple months have been a roller coaster for sure and so yeah what what do i do with that stagnation and the more i continue to experience life the more i'm going to come to terms and to clarity with my own conditioning you know the programming that has made me me into this particular version of personality and of relating with the world and i could get frustrated with the um, pitfalls of that you know and the ways that i'm not being who i want to be and i could get bogged down by all of that as i for sure have in the fairly recent past um so you know that that comes back to playing the game There's no way to not experience existence in some form or formless essence. And so I'm here. I'm in life. I'm in the experience. I'm in the game. I'm still learning. I'm learning the rules. I'm learning how to break the rules, how to reprogram the matrix of my mind, all these things. So, you know, I just, I thank you so much for watching this, this, uh, podcast and being a part of the journey and if you would like to get on the podcast and share some of your story or um anything like that anything you have to share definitely hit me up if you want to just connect on a one-to-one level you know i'm here for it i definitely feel that in the future i'm really trying to build communities that aren't reliant on the internet but for now this is a tool that we have and as noisy as it may get i do want to find ways of piercing through that static and stagnancies to come back to what's real and what's important and um, what we want to be focusing on so thank you again for listening and uh, tune in next week the